0: Welcome to the Anderson Reserver Podcast, news from people you trust. With the primary tomorrow, this podcast features interviews with both candidates for sheriff, but let's look at some news first. It has been another great week in Anderson as we move forward toward the official beginning of summer. It is hot, and it's also time for some fresh tomatoes and other local produce. That means it is finally the time that brings the opening of the Anderson County Farmers Market, which was delayed by the public health issues brought on by the virus. Uh, There are new guidelines in place for the market this year, some distancing. You can't handle stuff, uh, which won't be as much fun, but you can get good, fresh, local produce from farmers, and you can find out more about the new guidelines at the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust or on the Anderson County Farmers Market Facebook page. This past week was also marked by cooler heads and a peaceful protest, Uh, and there's more of that to come on Sunday, I mean on Saturday here, as Anderson looks... To the issues related to the national treatment of African Americans by various law enforcement officers who have been a little overzealous and sometimes a lot overzealous in their actions towards people of color. Statistics back this up. Uh, it's been in the public eye for a long time. And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick took a knee and created a real uh, firestorm of people who didn't support him. But now he seems to have uh, been vindicated. And I think this year, the NFL has admitted they were wrong, and this year you're probably going to see people getting on their knees before they even leave the locker room. There's going to be a lot of kneeling this year, and I think it's appropriate and a peaceful form of protest. And um, downtown, we had roughly a 1,000 people, young and old, who showed up for the protest event that was trying to draw attention and, and to express outrage toward the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. Everybody's seen the video. It's horrific. Um... Sometimes set your timer on your phone or watch for nine minutes and see how long that is. But um, the Reverend Emanuel Donaldson put this event together and he had this to say about the event.
1: "Why well, we're out here today. Well, we're here for a friendly protest against the George Floyd situation and the uprising and the tension against the social and the racial stuff that's happening to black America and people in this country. You know, we're, we're tired of it. Everybody's tired of it, so we wanted to come together I put this program together so to come together so everybody can see, hopefully, I pray that with this protest and this march today that we do it in unity and solidarity, without any looting, without any problems, and keep everybody at a good, humorous place.
0: Now remind everybody why you got involved in this, what you do normally.
1: Well, because I do the Stop the Violence program here in in this area, uh, and uh, so I want everybody to live in peace, so we we'll continue doing that. This is violence. That that was violence. That is at its worst case. And so I want everybody to understand and know that as long as we stick together and, and pray together and become each other's keep, you know, and hold this violence down, if we keep talking to, to each other and help converse with each other, we can keep some of this violence down. We ain't gonna stop it all. But if we stop the majority of it as a togetherness, then we'll be done our job.
0: The event featured remarks from a number of other local uh, citizens and some community leaders as well, including the Anderson Democratic Party chair, Tanya Winbush, who was uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she probably delivered the most impassioned speech of the event, challenging those in attendance to really get involved in politics. And she also wanted to make sure people were voting to make a lasting difference and said she would help them do that.
2: I time. Top-
0: a number of other speakers were there, including Anderson County Sheriff Chad McBride and the Anderson City Police Chief Jim Stewart, who was sort of in charge of all the uh, public safety for the event. Um, Stewart, who had more than 40 officers on hand, was pleased by the turnout and the cooperation that was, that was uh, going on. Chief, tell me what y'all did to get ready for this event here today.
3: Well, you know, we were, it was brought our attention by Reverend Emmanuel Donaldson. You know, we to do a peaceful protest. It's a way for our Community, speak out about the injustice committed in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, I speak for the police department, where this is condemned by us. Um, it's a travesty. Um, it has sent ripples through our nation, and tonight is really just a chance. Uh, we're here just for to maintain law and order and to be with our community. Um, tonight is a chance for our community to voice because uh, do this event. I, I mean. Uh, Employed, they just can't do this. Um, so uh, we're hoping for a peaceful assembly. Uh, we know that most of the time that it seems like these events are from outsiders, not from within. Uh, we have uh, two ships out here tonight um, for protection. Um, if there is vandalism or destruction of property, we'll take action How take many people on. is that?
0: How many people's two shifts?
3: Um, two shifts, about 20 officers. Um, we have some work in the perimeters and uh, uh, adequately covered. Um, Right now, uh, we're just here for the community.
0: And they did a good job, and I saw nothing but uh, but a good interaction between um, law enforcement and all of the folks who were there. Uh, the protest, again, was peaceful and respectful, it seemed like, to everybody in attendance. And similarly, a smaller one in Pendleton earlier was also peaceful. We got something to be proud of in Anderson County, that we've been able to have voices heard and not having the excesses they've seen in some of the larger cities. Now there is another community-wide event seeking to bring healing and racial reconciliation scheduled for Saturday. This could be a pretty big event in the parking lot of the Anderson Civic Center. They're going to bring a lot of different groups together. It is called "Let Justice Roll Down," standing in solidarity through praise and prayer. It's being organized by the Reverend Ancoma Anderson, who's pastor Welfare Baptist Church, and the Reverend Austin Carty, pastor Boulevard Baptist Church. Um, uh, Austin carty has been on the podcast in the past and. Both of these guys are really stand-up gentlemen, good fellows. This is going to be a great program they're putting together. The details are still being assembled, and the event is set to begin at 2 p.m. Saturday, the Civic Center parking lot. The public is invited, so hope to see some of you out there. Uh, things all around the county are opening up. We mentioned the farmer's market. The Anderson County Library has reopened all branches with curbside pickup still available uh, for po- folks who don't want to go inside. Um, they do have safety measures there, as they do everywhere else. Uh, anderson county museum same way they're open up as is the anderson county tax assessors office down on river street you can check the anderson county website or their facebook page for hours and details on any of those places well meanwhile the covid 19 cases continue to rise in anderson and statewide just over this past weekend more than 800 new cases of the virus in the state while anderson county reported 15 new cases Uh, and med announced today that there'll be free testing offered this coming thursday And again, June 18th at Welfare Baptist Church from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if you have symptoms or been worried about the test or worried if you could afford a test or if there were any available, now's the time to check that out and get that test. Again, that's at Welfare Baptist Church this coming Thursday from 10 to 4 p.m. And then next Thursday, June 18th, at the same time, 10 to 4 p.m. In the schools, Anderson University and Tri-County Tech announced last week that they have plans to reopen campuses for students in the fall. Both of them have phased-in plans to get things cleaned up and ready and I think both are planning to end after Thanksgiving in classes and be done early. Um, all these plans, of course, are subject to change based on DHEC reports and the status of the virus and any other uh, rebounder outbreaks that, if it gets worse, the deaths numbers continue to rise. Uh, with most restrictions lifted, though, Anderson stores, fitness centers, restaurants are filling up, and they're filling up inside with diners again. However, it's good to see that... that Almost all of them are practicing and maintaining proper distancing and procedures to do all they can to be safe. Uh, If you don't want to go to one that's not doing that, if you see them packed in and they're not doing the 50% capacity and wearing masks and cleaning, I would not go somewhere else. But one place that is doing it right is Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, Anderson's finest establishment downtown for more than 20 years. Don't forget when Bill Nicklaus came and launched Sullivan's downtown, he kicked off a renaissance of downtown Anderson, which was largely abandoned at the time. In the years since, Sullivan's been named one of America's top 100 restaurants and has people driving from as far as Atlanta and Charlotte and other places to eat there. Uh, not surprising because they've been featured in all these national magazines and culinary magazines, Southern Living. They've been on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And it's incredible, their food. If you had not tried it lately, you need to go down there. Their lunch and dinner are great. They also have outdoor dining, which is kind of, outdoor dining, which is kind of fun now. They never have had that in the past. And they still do have the Sullivan's curbside you can pick up. And when things are turned to normal, don't forget Sullivan's Caters offers fine white tablecloth catering and with the same prices that you can get tin pan catering done for. Um, Sullivan's has been a long-time sponsor of the Anderson Observer Podcast, News from People You Trust. And Bill Nickus is a good friend of mine. So for more information, you can visit Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill on Facebook to find out about the restaurant or the catering and tell them you heard about it right here on the Anderson Observer Podcast, News from People You Trust. This week also brings the final high school graduations. Um, Last week we had several, but we've got two left. We've got Crescent's on Thursday and Pendleton's on Friday. Then school's out for summer, which doesn't have quite the same cachet these days since people have been online for months now. Um, We'll see when the bells ring for students in the fall, if they can go through with the plans to return students live with some restrictions. Uh, Obviously, I've talked to many educators. None of the DHEC recommendations of... Uh, one student per seat on the bus and s- desks six feet apart. None of those are very very um, doable, and so we'll just have to see what happens when the fall begins. It's also election season. Like I said, the primary is tomorrow, and it's time to get out and vote. Last week, I talked to the candidates in Senate, South Carolina Senate Race 3 and House Seats 8 and 10. This week, I interviewed the candidates for the Anderson County Sheriff's Race, and here is what incumbent Chad McBride had to say. Uh, let's let's go all the way back and remind people why you decided to run for sheriff the first time. Why you wanted to be the sheriff of Anderson County?
4: Sure, uh, you know, four years ago, actually, I guess it had been almost five years ago when we got started. Um, just you know, having worked at the sheriff's office uh, for so long and having worked under three different administrations, uh, we just saw that the sheriff's office was lacking a lot of proactivity. And we felt like we could do more and, uh, you know, keep in mind uh, a lot. It, it wasn't just me. This was a uh, uh, concerned effort with uh, a lot of folks that uh, I worked with at the sheriff's office. Uh, a lot of us, they kind of grew up in the sheriff's office together. And we just, you know, a lot of us have uh, families and kids that, that live here. And we just, we just thought that things could be better. And we just... Well, hated to see crime being out of hand and so that is uh that was the motivation behind running uh and putting you know putting together a campaign about five years ago
0: right and what looking ahead what do you see is the biggest challenges facing the sheriff's department in the next four years
4: you know over the next four years i think you know the biggest challenge is probably uh which which is, is it's not bad I, you know actually we we have a great working relationship with county council uh but it's probably just you know getting funding for the things that we want to pursue uh we want to continue to be a proactive agency uh, we felt like we've really turned that around uh from being a reactive agency uh to a you know proactive agency where we're actually deterring a lot of crime and uh hence the uh crime rates being down uh, have, that have gone down so uh but you know we also understand there's only so much money in the budget and we're waiting to see what COVID-19 does to the budget this year. I know, uh, I've heard that, uh, you know, tax revenues down a little bit. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's been a lot of people that have been impacted personally and the businesses. And so, uh, you know, the, those taxes haven't started rolling in like they normally have. So we'll see what happens when we, uh, revisit the new budget schedule this fall.
0: Yeah. Cause it, you know, I've heard people say you get a uh, dollar's worth of law enforcement for a dollar. That's how much it costs. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, security is very important and it's very expensive. And, uh, to, you know, to, to recruit a deputy, put them on the road, and, uh, make sure that we have them properly equipped and, uh, you know, it's plus fringe benefits, salary, all that. It's, it's very expensive. And, uh, but it's worth it, you know, We especially if you uh, live in an area where, you know, there there is crime or substantial crime, you know, you want to continue to see these rates go down in this security first and then uh, infrastructure development and uh, growth second, of course. But, um, yeah, you know, for me, I just want to make sure that uh, we're doing everything we can to you know, rid us of as much crime as possible because we are entering in a really, really, uh, era where Anderson County is growing at such a fast pace. It's almost hard to keep up with.
0: Right. Very big County too. And, uh, it is a very
4: large County. And, uh, so there's, you know, a lot of square miles to cover and there's a lot of communities within Anderson County and uh, every community is unique. And, um, you know the the culture in every community is a little different from the others, and so uh, you know it's uh, a lot of great people throughout Anderson County, and we want to we want to make it safer and we want to protect their property the uh, best we can.
0: You know, and this is more you know something that's just jumped into the news. I mean, it's been around a while, but what what about uh, the whole idea of law enforcement and race, racial reconciliation? What what kind of things are y'all looking at going ahead since it's on everybody's mind now? You know, I think
4: we've kind of. I don't know if we're ahead of the curve or what, but you know, we, we started doing that. Um, we started that initiative when we first came into office. And so we began meeting with pastors from various communities. Uh, we, we've been working very hard to bridge the gap, uh, with, with various communities that, uh, maybe have had distrust with law enforcement in the past. And, uh, so we, we have really developed a lot of great relationships. Uh, within our communities, and, you know, there's, uh, I'm sure, you know, you, you don't know what's in people's hearts, only God knows that, but uh, we, you know, we do not uh, tolerate that. We we want to police uh, equitably and fairly and justly through any community, so uh, it shouldn't matter what color you are or anything like that or what background you come from, uh, We we want to do it. Uh, like I said, equitably for everybody.
0: What What are the most common questions you get from people in the, the community, the most common concerns you get from phone calls and stuff? Some Probably some of the most
4: common phone calls that I get uh, on a consistent basis is uh, a lot of them are, are relative to not understanding the judicial system. Uh, some of them are people within the community that that pays attention to what's going on, or perhaps they've been victims themselves and they see, uh, you know, they, they say, well, you just arrested that guy. Why is he back out on the street? You know, and they don't understand that, uh, you know, we, we have the authority to arrest and we put them in jail. Uh, but it is not up to us, uh, you know, for their release. They, they see a judge, they're bombed out, uh, or you know perhaps they go to court and they are slapped on the wrist or you know get probation instead of uh, prison time or something so probably some of the most common calls that i get are misconceptions about um you know you put this person in jail over and over and over why do they continuously get out and so i'm always having to explain that you know our burden is to produce probable cause enough to arrest someone Uh, then it's, you know, they move on through the judicial system and it's up to, um, you know, lower courts or even circuit court, you know, for them to be prosecuted. And so uh, I hear a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration with that because, and I hear a lot of frustration from our deputies because we deal with these same people, it seems, over and over. And every now and then we look up and we see somebody that will go down the road for 10 years and we get them out of our communities for a while. And, uh, and that certainly helps. But in the grand scheme of things, our judicial system needs uh, a tune-up, bad. And uh, we, we desperately need to get some of these criminals that we are constantly dealing with uh, out of here.
0: The, the feasibility study has been done. How much work for the, you know, if you get reelected in November, how much work is a new jail gonna be for you looking ahead?
4: yeah uh, well you know the new jail is a major project uh it is it is one that of course uh county council will be uh in charge of that and we'll steer that because you know again it's not my jail it's, it's you know it's the citizens in the county's jail uh we're just charged with running it and operating it and uh but i can tell you you know, our jail now um it, uh, operational capacity by 205 max capacities just just around 250. And, uh, you know, typically we have 450 or so, even more. Sometimes we've been over 500 at times, uh, but probably around 450 uh, occupancy. So, you know, it's not that we don't want the jail to be comfortable or anything like that, but also we want it to be safe for our deputies that work in the jail as detention officers. And uh, the jail was built, I think, in the mid-50s and uh certainly we've you know gotten a good investment out of it because it's lasted that long but uh we also we need the ability I, i'll tell you this too when when the jail is so packed uh the, the people that make up the judicial system worry about that and and that's often why people get back out on blow bonds and stuff like that because the the sheer volume of uh of what's in the jail and um so we don't have any control over their release they're bonded out certainly we uh tell the judges our uh thoughts and that we hope that certain people receive high bonds and make it harder for them to get back out of jail to uh you know reoffend but again that's 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 beyond our decision
0: well and, and you know administrator rusty burns and the council has also made it pretty clear that a new jail is is not an option that the, the feds are going to come in and build us one and charge as far as so we don't take so we've had a feasibility study so it looks like it's coming yep. sooner or later we've got to got, got to get one built
4: yeah so with the feasibility study and i'm sorry i missed that on the first question but yeah the feasibility study uh is, is completed and so it, it kind of uh forecasts if you will what you know are projected uh population is going to be in the future we we want to do it right though we don't want our kids to have to worry about building a new jail after we build one and they have to do one again in 10 or 20 years uh you know we want to do it right we want to make it a facility that uh can be added onto or additional uh, beds added in there uh but also Yes, I mean, we've, we've received warning after warning after warning from the uh, federal government, and I think we got a pass for, for quite a while because of the downturn of the economy in 2008 to uh, 2012. So it us a little more time, but they're uh, getting, it's getting close to where we're gonna have to, uh, either pull the trigger or they're gonna pull it for us. And we don't wanna pay what they would pay for uh, a jail to be built. We, we would rather do it ourselves, do it the way we feel like it should be done and also uh and while being good stewards of uh taxpayers money so we're not overspending for a uh, facility that we shouldn't be overspending for
0: and finally people who don't know you a couple of things just a two-part question really but tell people a little bit about you and who you are and tell them why you think they should vote for you
4: sure so um I've been here almost my whole life. We moved here from Texas when I was 10 years old, but I grew up here. I uh, grew up in the community of Pierce Town. Probably half the people listening to this have not heard of Pierce Town, but it's um, uh, barely within the Ren School District and it's close to uh, exit 27. Uh, we have Ryobi and TTI facility and Sue's swings and things now. So in a Pierce Town Fire Department. So I uh, still live in this community. Um, I am uh, happily married, beautiful wife Leanne, and three daughters, and uh, they they live here, and, and they are the reason why I do what I do, because I want to build a better, uh, safer community for them, and for everybody else's kids and grandkids, but um, uh, after, you know, graduating high school, I went to college at uh, Anderson College back then, and... Um, Got my bachelor's degree, joined the Army, uh, did eight years between the reserves and National Guard, paralleled my law enforcement career, almost 19 years experience now. Uh, in law enforcement, of course, almost uh, four years as sheriff. Uh, successfully managed a more than $35 million budget. Uh, we have stayed in the black, we have not gone in the red, we have been very fiscally responsible, and uh, we've gotten more boots on the ground, which is what everybody wants to see. And uh, we've been able to really take the, uh, uh, we've been chipping away at the crime rates. One of the biggest things when I came into office, uh, burglaries were so bad in Anderson County. Uh, we were actually top ranked in the nation. I think we were 13th in the nation in 2015 for burglaries. Uh, since we've been in office, they're down 38%. Uh, methamphetamine seizures are up 823% which is relative to why burglaries are down uh, because we're putting such a big dent in the, uh, uh, drug dealing business. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we work for you. We serve, we serve our community and that's, uh, that is what we want to continue to do. I would appreciate people's folks so we can continue the momentum that we, that we have uh, been able to start. And I just appreciate the community support, but most of all, I uh, appreciate uh, the Lord. And I, I believe has blessed blessed this thing, and uh, I feel I felt called again to uh, to run again for sheriff. And uh, you know, we we prayed about this. It's, it's certainly tough on family, so there was a lot of prayer involved in both the, the first round, and there was a lot of prayer involved in, in this round too. So, but uh, we we want to work hard. And we have not stopped working hard. We've we worked very hard to uh to get to where we're at today and uh, we see a lot of improvement within the
0: county. Well Chad, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me about this and I hope everybody'll get out and vote next week. I hope so too. They're
4: really calling for a low voter turnout Tuesday, which is which is kind of uh uh you know, that's kinda of sad. You know, there's a lot of people have served this country and fought and died for this country to be able to, uh, for folks to be able to get out and vote. I certainly hope they do, because primaries uh, are very important, uh, just like the general election. But uh, we we encourage anybody that can and are able to, to please get out and vote Tuesday the
0: 9th. Uh, Chairman McBride's opponent. Uh, many of you know him. He's a local guy. Um, he was the officer who was partnered with a police dog, Heiko, who was killed in, 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 uh, during a uh, commission of a crime. And it's Brandon Surratt. And Brandon said he also felt directly led to run for this office. Why, why do you want to be sheriff? Why would you run for sheriff?
5: Well, that's been a goal of mine since I started law enforcement at 21 years old. That's always been my goal. And... Um, I believe that I have the attributes to be a good leader. I believe that God's blessed me with that. And, you know, simple, that, that I feel like it's God's plan for me to be sheriff here in Anderson.
0: And what what do you think are the biggest challenges facing the Anderson County Sheriff's Department over the next four years?
5: As far as...
0: Well, just overall, I know, mean, just generally, department. what do you think the challenges are of being sheriff here in Anderson?
5: Well, I, I think the climate's changing toward, uh, you know, your your civil unrest at this point. I'm hearing a lot of talk about um, politicians, uh, whether it be Senate, House, all that, talking about defunding, uh, you know, your, your local police department, sheriff's offices across the country. And I think that's just going to be one of the hot topics over the next several years is you know, defunding law enforcement. And then once I think you start trying to defund law enforcement, we don't only go after bad guys, we're there to protect the good people as well from the bad people. And then if you take that away from them, then they start, you know, going after your second amendment, the right to bear arms. And I think that's just a bad idea. I think that'll be one thing also we just had a drive-by shooting where a 16-year-old girl was killed last night involving gang members. Gang members is on the rise and has always been on the rise here in Anderson. And that's something that needs to uh, needs to be taken an emphasis, emphasis on to make sure that, that we put a stop to the gangs and the continuous growing of the gangs. I mean, it's a 16-year-old girl that got killed last night.
0: What about a need for a new jail?
5: I've been talking about a new jail since i worked there that's uh that's huge and my whole thing with the new jail is if if county council does not get on board with it and they don't start moving with it the department of justice is going to come in and for the next 10 years they're going to be sitting in the jail basically telling you how many people you got to have the specs that you have to draw the jail to how many people you got to man it and that will be micromanaged by the federal government for the next ten years. And I don't think we need that here in Anderson.
0: And they'll be, They've they'll normally, be asking us to write checks for whatever they want to pay want us to pay too.
5: Oh oh yeah they're they're gonna tell us they're they're gonna tell us what they're gonna tell us exactly the specs to, to build it and it's not like we can say no. It's just gonna happen. You're gonna have to do it. There's no if, ands or buts about it. Or, you know, they're gonna build it and they're gonna say here's what you're gonna pay me. And then, you know, how much further behind the eight ball, ball financially are we? Because they decided what they were going to do when the ball's in our court right now for us to decide what what's best for the, you know, for the people of Anderson, whether they're victims of crimes to be able to hold a, a newer facility. And even if they're suspects, they're still, they, they could still turn a victim. And the way it is now is, Being in that jail, I mean, it's old. I'd say parts of it are probably dilapidated from where they've had to to restructure it. And at any point in time, the overcrowding could turn south, and someone could lose their life in there.
0: Since you announced you were going to run, what what are some of the most common uh, concerns and questions you're hearing from citizens?
5: A lot of them are uh, property crimes. You know, uh, property crimes, everybody's saying going up. Uh, the, the victims of those don't feel like they're getting the service that they need. And that's one of the things that I want to address. When I announced in September, I wanted body cameras. It was just a few short months after that that they applied for financial backing to the state. They got that. They just got body cameras 60-something days ago, which is excellent. And, and, and I'm glad that they did. But that was my one of my first things that I said I wanted to do was bring body cameras to Anderson because it brings transparency and accountability to law enforcement as well as to the citizens.
0: There's anything else people have been asking you about, uh, what they're concerned about and hope you can do
5: something. Um, a bunch of people that live on the South end of town said prostitution a big thing down there, which it, you know, it always has been. I was, on the catch team where we did undercover operations with, uh, picking up prostitutes. And that doesn't seem to be happening now. Uh, you're still always going to have drug dealers. I've had people say that they've reported drug dealers and this is just their words. I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know how far it's went, but they say they tell people and they feel like it's falling on deaf ears. And my thing is I don't care if you sell one cracked rock or 10 kilos of cocaine, it's still a problem. You need to put an emphasis on the the street level drug dealers and not just turn them into informants, but basically building that relationship more with the solicitor's office so that you can continue to try these people and make sure they go down the road. I know, you know, drugs has been long, around for a long time. Uh, drugs is going to stay around for a long time. One of the things that, uh, you know, you what happens is you arrest one, one steps up to the plate. So it's basically a revolving door. You know, it's like a, an old Western door where you go in and out that just swings wide open and waits for the next one to come through. But you can't ever stop going after your street level guys because that's what funds the, the upper level and the higher guys in the drug game. You just have to continue going after them harder and harder and make sure that you put an emphasis on it with the solicitor's office that you need to go to trial on these cases and not just give them a slap on the wrist and turn around and let them right back out.
0: Well, Brandon, people who have not met you and don't know you, what do they need to know about you? What do they need to know about you and your experience and your personal life and everything? What do people need to know about Brandon?
5: Well, I'm a man of God. Uh, I, I believe, the, uh, believe in the Heavenly Father. He's the only way. And... I've got a beautiful wife and three kids that I wouldn't trade for anything. I've got almost 15 years of law enforcement experience. All of that experience has been in the trenches with the communities. So I've learned how to build those relationships with all the communities, not just certain parts. And, you know, it's just, I I understand what it's like to be a victim. I've been a victim here in Anderson County of attempted murder. Um, I've been on the, uh, I guess you could say the injustice side or the justice side, however you want to see it because the gentleman's pled guilty, uh, even though I wanted to go to trial with it. So I understand what it's like to be a victim here in Anderson County. And uh, just know that, that as a citizen that I will continue being in the trenches for the citizens and for the people. Um, I'm law enforcement down to the core and that will never change. Uh, Some people have said, you know, well, what if you lose the election? Well, if I lose the election, I'm still going to be a cop. They said, well, what if you win? Well, if I win, I'm still going to be a cop. Uh, that That's what I feel like God has put me here on earth to do, is to make a difference in the community and law enforcement, and that's what I will continue to do as a sheriff.
0: And I guess you want to make sure we encourage everybody to get out and vote Tuesday?
5: Yes, sir. Tuesday the night's the big day. Uh, win, lose, or draw. The Lord's already got it figured out. He's had it figured out uh, since before I ever put my name out there. And, um, you know, just remember that men and women died for your, uh, your First Amendment right. And uh, get out there, voice your opinion, and support your candidate.
0: And now you've heard from candidates here over the past few weeks, and it's time for your voice to be heard at the ballot box. So polls open at t- Tuesdays tomorrow at 7 a.m. Uh, you should be listening to this on Monday. And if you missed it, then you've got time to uh, go and register for the general election in November. Remember, if you want to look at a sample ballot, you can look at sevotes.org, and it'll give you that information. And that's it for this week's Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. Join me next week when we have some economic news we're going to announce, uh, a few interviews, and a whole lot more. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. This song is just a reminder
1: to remind your fellow man still lives today and I had no stroke to do that but if all us folks that thinks alike if we'd give all we could give we'd make this great land of ours a greater place to